Hello, friends. There's lots of interesting things coming up in the Stoic Coffee community, so make sure that you sign up for my newsletter on my website at stoic.coffee. You can also follow me on Twitter at stoiccoffee and on Instagram at stoic.coffee, and you can find my LinkedIn page by searching for Stoic Coffee Break on LinkedIn. Now, I also wanted to let you know that I'm starting a mastermind for tech entrepreneurs as the world of tech is accelerating, and I've had people reaching out to me for a group grounded in Stoic principles. I'll be your facilitator as we tackle some of the big questions in tech using the tools of Stoicism. I have a few spots left for senior tech entrepreneurs and decision makers to join me for a one-hour bi-weekly session. I'll be interviewing candidates to form a tight group for the first cohort of five people, plus myself. Now, if you're interested in joining this, please reach out to me at masterminds at stoic.coffee. Now, again, that's masterminds at stoic.coffee. Thanks again, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast, and I appreciate your support. Hello, friends. I'm Eric Cloward, and welcome to the Stoic Coffee Break. When was the last time that you felt a really strong emotion? And what was that emotion? Was it gratitude? Maybe joy? Anger? Jealousy? Emotions are a very powerful force in all of our lives, and when channeled properly, they can be the fuel that helps us push through to accomplishing what we want. On the flip side, they can also be the thing that really drives us in a direction that we don't want to go and can cause a lot of problems and wreak havoc on our lives. I've had several listeners reach out to me asking me to talk about more ways to manage their emotions and how to deal with triggering events. So today I want to talk about how we can use stoic ideas and principles to help with regulating emotions. At times our emotions can seem very overwhelming for us and push us in directions that aren't helpful, and that can be very damaging. I know that in my own life, I've had times where I've let my emotions override my common sense, and I make choices or say things that I really ended up regretting later on. And I've talked a lot about on this podcast how I've struggled keeping my temper in check. And the last few weeks have been uh, a bit of a struggle for me. I've been dealing with some insomnia, which tends to leave me with a lot less energy to keep a lid on my anger. And while my lack of sleep is a factor in lowering my attentiveness, my emotional state and my emotions are truly my responsibility. So as we dig into this topic, I want to start off with a quote from Epictetus. And Epictetus told us, what really frightens and dismays us is not external events themselves, but the way in which we think about them. It is not the things that disturb us, but our interpretation of their significance. And what Epictetus is telling us here is that you know, as we've discussed many times on this podcast, is that events in and of themselves are neutral, that it's our our view of them, our take on them, that pushes us in a certain direction. And how we view these events and the thoughts we have around them are the things that create these emotions. So first, I want to talk about kind of the flow of emotional states. When When we have some kind of emotion around something, basically there's a fairly predictable pattern of the way that things work. And the first thing that happens is that we sense something. Some event happens and we see, hear, or touch, or taste, or smell something. And that information is received by our brain. And at this point, it's just raw data. Maybe a vibration of a voice or a song. It might be the image of a car. It could be the smell of something cooking on the stove. It's just an observation of the event. 
After we make that observation, then we usually have a thought around what that data actually means. We start to interpret it or make a judgment of what it was that we sensed. We may hear something that we think is rude. Or we may think that the smell from the kitchen is really enticing. We may think that the car is coming at us too quickly. So at this point, we've made a judgment about what it is that we've perceived and what it is that we've observed. And once we add that meaning to the data that comes into our head, then we're starting to create some kind of emotion around it. So if we think that somebody said something that was rude, we may feel offended at the remark. If we like whatever we smell in the kitchen, we might be excited about going to eat whatever someone is cooking in the kitchen. We may be on alert for the fact that we might be run over by this car that's heading our way. The cycle of observing, making judgments, and creating emotion continues until we decide to take some kind of action. We might say something back to that person that we were offended by. We may head into the kitchen to see what's cooking. We may run out of the way of the car. And once we take that action, then the cycle starts all over again. We observe what has happened, sometimes in response to our action. We have a thought about that thing that we've observed. Then we have some kind of emotion around it because of the thought that we were thinking. And then we take some kind of action. Now that we've established this pattern of how emotions are created, which is that we observe something, we have a thought about that thing that we've observed, which creates that emotion, which leads to our action, what is it that happens that causes us to lose control of our emotions? I think that it really comes down to the judgment state. How we think about something and what we think that it means is what creates the emotion. If someone said something trying to offend us, we can decide if we want to let that offend us and feel that emotion. If we make a judgment that we don't care about what they said or that they are misinformed or that they possibly or that we possibly misheard them, then we'll have a very different feeling about what that person said and we will respond quite differently as well. Because we are the ones that decide what we think about what they said, we are in control about how we feel about it. And the longer that we are able to delay making a judgment and just observe events, then the easier it is for us to choose what kind of judgment we want to attach to something or decide that maybe we don't want to attach any judgment at all. Now, some things we should have a quick judgment on. If a car is racing towards us, for example, we should get out of the way. But even in this case, learning how to make a wise judgment and to get as, observe as much as we can it can be very, very helpful. Because if you're able to manage your fear, then you can make a better decision on where to run to get out of the way of the car. In my experience, the biggest trigger for anger is expectations. When we think that something should happen a certain way or that someone should or shouldn't behave a certain way, we set ourselves up to be disappointed. Learning how to let go of any expectations or outcomes, especially around those things that we have no control over, such as what other people think of us, is one of the key teachings of both Stoicism and Buddhism. The more we can learn to just let go of things that we can't control, observe them, and make judgments based only on the things that we truly observe, then the easier it is to manage our emotions and to make better decisions. In my own experience, most of the triggers for my anger come from my interpretation, my judgments, of what I think someone else said about me, or what I think they think about me. And this is why the Stoics talk so much about not worrying about the opinions of others, 
I mean, Marcus Aurelius said, I've often wondered how it is that every man loves himself more than all the rest, but yet sets less value of his own opinion of himself than the opinion of others. I mean, because honestly, other people's opinions are none of my business. They have the right to feel whatever they want, just like I do. Their opinion of me is not something that I can control. And when I do try to control it, I really get frustrated in my powerlessness of being able to control what they think of me. One of the best exercises that I've seen of being able to get emotions more under control is called premeditatio malorum, or to premeditate on evil. I know that sounds kind of menacing, but basically what it means is to imagine kind of a worst case scenario. Imagine what could go wrong so that when it does go wrong, that you're able to handle those negative emotions. And this is a really powerful exercise in learning how to deal with things that trigger you. So let's say, for example, that you have a family member or a friend that seems to trigger your anger a bit. If you sit down and you imagine a scenario where you normally would get upset and lose your cool, imagine what the situation would feel like and feel that emotion. And then make a choice just to sit and feel it. How would it feel just to sit with that emotion? How would it feel to just observe that emotion and notice how it feels in your body? If you can just sit with it and let yourself feel that emotion, then you can recognize that this emotion really can't harm you in any way. As Brooke Castillo, one of my favorite life coaches says, it's just a vibration in your body. And the thing is, is that even after working through this kind of exercise, you're still going to make judgments about things and you're still going to have those strong feelings and those strong emotions. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you do notice this, if you can take a step back and just try to observe the emotion and just notice it, then kind of trace that emotion back and see what the thought was behind it and what the meaning was that you attached to it. And once you start to understand your own thought process, then you can start to change what thoughts you have about specific events. Learning to manage your emotions is not something that's easy to do. It certainly takes a lot of constant work and attention. But understanding how your thought process works, that is, observing, having a thought or a judgment, and creating those emotions based upon your thought or judgments, and the then making a decision based upon those emotions and thoughts, and using exercises like premeditatio malorum can help you to learn how to deal with those triggers and to prepare for difficult situations. And when you can start to prepare ahead of time, then you can learn how to manage your emotions rather than letting them control you. And that's the Stoic Coffee Break for today. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like what you hear, please head on over to my website, www.stoic.coffee. There you'll find a link to my Patreon page where your pledge can help me make and grow this podcast. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter, browse the Stoic reading list, and find previous episodes. I really appreciate your help in building this podcast, and thanks again for listening.